It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. First things first, got to clean this up. Big thanks to David Baker, the 2020 Westgate Super Contest champion, and a man that makes his bones playing professional poker. He joined me in the last three segments, taking a look at Week 9 of the NFL, turning it forward to Week 10. And for those of you guys looking for some Monday Night Football picks, I'll have you covered in the final segment, and I'll also be asking Megan Payton about it. A little bit later on this hour, she's going to be joining me in about 15 minutes. Does a great job over at Wager Talk, taking a look at the great game of football. And we're going to be reacting to what we all saw in Week 9 and then turning it forward to Monday Night Football with her as well. But guys, it is the opening night of college basketball as well on Monday. As a matter of fact, 9 a.m. Pacific time, mid or noon Eastern time. We are going to get the first game tipped off with Mississippi Valley State versus Baylor. I'm not going to give you too much of an in-depth breakdown, but that said, I did make Baylor a 42.5-point favorite. D- don't take Mississippi Valley State. You probably don't want any part of that to begin your season. They are completely terrible. They're a bottom-five team in the college basketball. It's legitimately a top-five versus bottom-five matchup, so I would say this is not the time to get cute and play an underdog, but going to give you guys some picks here. Going to be going with more of the later games. So if you've got a game that you want me to break down in the final segment, though, for this college basketball slate, because it's an ex- 
expansive card at GNNR Squirty1 on Twitter. Fire those in. If you are listening to a replay, unfortunately, I won't be able to get to it. But if you're listening live, I've got you guys covered. But let's go into a game in which I feel like the number has gotten a little bit too far out of whack. This is 741-742 on the betting board. Sacramento State is going on the road faceoff against UCLA. UCLA is a 24-point favorite, and your total is anywhere between 135 and 136. For one, if you take a look at the track record of David Patrick, who is now the coach over at Sacramento State, he was the coach at UC Riverside for quite a while, played a very, very slow, methodical style, and UCLA has not been a blazer either ever since Big Corona took over the fold. So I don't understand why we've got this high of total. I'm looking at it under, but with Sacramento State, I made them an 18.5-point underdog. Sacramento State has done a really good job of being able to bring in some talent via the transfer portal. I mentioned that Patrick used to be at UC Riverside, and one of the guys they coach up, seven foot one, Colin McCray, who I think is going to be able to do a solid job in this game. And you've got a bunch in the UCLA Bruins that they've got a couple ancillary pieces that are a little bit banged up. It's not anyone that's major, like Hami Hakez is going to be out there on the floor. You don't have to worry about that. You got Tiger Campbell who's going to be on the floor as well. So those guys are going to be solid. And I will say, for Tiger Campbell last season, shot over 40% from three-point range, was really able to do a good job of being able to stroke it from three-point range. So you're able to feel very good about his game. And one of the most efficient point guards in all of college basketball in that he only turned the ball over right around 1.2 to 1.3 times for contest. But I do like the way that Sacramento State has been able to build themselves up. They bring in a guy in Hunter Marks, who is a six foot nine gentleman that's able to pop threes, comes in from Hartford after being a double-figure scorer. That is going to be able to help them out. They bring back Zach Chappell over the last two seasons, shot over 40% from three-point range. You do have quite a few of the guys from a few seasons ago out of the fold, but even someone like Cameron Wilbon, who was able to give the team nine points, five boards, a little bit over a seal per contest, he should be able to do a nice job for this team as well. And I do think that under the radar, they did a nice job of being able to pick up this guard as well as they did a good job bringing in Austin Patterson. Shot nearly 45% from three-point range last season at Watford. Quadri Adams, he comes in after he was a very highly touted junior college transfer a few seasons ago. Did not really see a lot of run at St. Bonaventure. I do think that UCLA could be just fine. Back to ATN after he missed darn near all of last season. He's going to be back the fold, so you were able to feel good about that. They bring in a rock-solid recruiting class as well. That said, I think that this is just a little bit of disrespect here to Sacramento State. I said Sacramento State as an 18.5-point underdog, so going to be willing to gobble up the points with the Hornets. And semi-total at 124.5, Sacramento State is probably going to be a bottom 75 team in terms of possessions per game. UCLA, they very much ever since you have seen the... Uh, Acquiring of Mick Cronin has been a much more low and slow team as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot as well. This is one of the bigger games that we're seeing on the card. And I think that this line has moved a little bit too much to the underdog. As our good friend Josh Applebaum likes to say, fade the trendy dog. And I don't blindly fade dogs, but my handicap thought that this number was right to start with. And now we're getting some good value. As 729, 730 is on the board. St. Mary's is going to be playing us at Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts began as a 10.5 point underdog. Now they're between an 8 and a 9 point underdog, and your total on this game is anywhere between 143 and 144. St. Mary's does lose a few guys from last season, the team that was able to make the top 25 and was able to do some solid work in general. But I do think that this is a good spot for the St. Mary's team because with Oral Roberts, you've got Max Aismas, who's really able to stroke it. He was able to average 23 points per contest last two seasons, shot a little bit over 40% from three-point range. You know you know that he's going to be able to get his, but 
Elijah Lufiel. He was able to give the team seven and a half rebounds per contest and was one of the best offensive rebounders in all of college basketball. He's out full now. They are going to have a giant of a man out there. Seven foot five Connor Vanover. He used to be seven foot three. He's now listed at seven foot five. He was able to pop threes for Cal a few years ago, and he's got some good versatility. Thing is, is that he's pretty soft down low, and I do think that St. Mary's is going to be able to match up with them very well. We've seen the way that they've been able to box up guys like Drew Timmy and company, and they bring back Alex Dusas, 10.5 points per contest, shot nearly 39% from three-point range. Kyle Bowen's also able to shoot 39% from three. He's a six-foot-eight, little bit of a combo player. He does a nice job on that front, and I do think that Augustus Malisilinas, I probably said that completely incorrectly. You've always got a bunch of gentlemen from... St. Mary's that they've got guys that they come in from Australia, Lithuania. They've really been able to utilize that foreign pipeline. He's going to be able to take some strides forward after he was able to give a little bit of facilitation, was able to generate a CO per game. And when it comes to this Oral Roberts team, they're going to need someone like Trey Phipps to be able to step up. And I think that it's going to be very hard for them. St. Mary's is just a well-oiled machine. They're one of the best coach teams in all of college basketball. I do think that Oral Roberts not going to be able to get their tempo. Oral Roberts, a team that is looking to play very fast. St. Mary's is looking to play this game to like 60 possessions in there. And I think that St. Mary's style is going to be able to win out. Also keep in mind that, that Oral Roberts, though they are in Oklahoma, they have to travel out west. That is going to take a little bit off of them as well. So I did set St. Mary's as an 11-point favorite, especially the eight that I'm seeing right now at DraftKings. I think that you've got good value. I'm going to lay it. And when it comes to this total, I set it at a 137. So this is also going to be an ordeal where I'm going to be taking a look at the under. And then let's go with a little bit more of an East Coast game. We've went with a few West Coast games to be able to start off this segment. Here's an underdog that I think is being a little bit undervalued because there's an injury that not a lot of people are picking up on. 617, 618 on the betting board. It is Rutgers, and they're going to be playing us to Columbia. Columbia is a 23 to a 23 and a half point underdog, and your total on this game is 138. Columbia actually brought in a halfway decent recruiting class, so a little bit of credit where credit is due. But the big thing for this for this Rutgers team is that Caleb McConnell has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, and that is something that you do want to be taking a look at because he has been very under the radar, been a little bit questionable for this game, and yet we've seen the number go up. And McConnell, he's not necessarily the world's greatest scorer. He only put in there right around 7 to 8 points per contest last season, but 5-plus rebounds per contest. He does a good job being able to generate steals. One of the best on-ball defenders in all of college basketball. And Columbia is a team that they played not a single lick of defense all season long last year, but they were able to put the ball in the basket a little bit. They bring back Geronimo Rubio de la Rosa, who is able to give the team three assists per contest, right around 14 points per game. So he's going to be able to help them out. Liam Liam Collins or Liam Nelson, he was able to give the team right around 12 points per contest. With Liam, he was able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range as well. And for Rutgers, they bring back Cliff Amarui. He's able to give the team eight rebounds per game. But guys like Ron Herper Jr., Geo Baker, they are not back for this team. Now, I do think that Cam Spencer, who comes in from Loyola, Maryland, he's going to be able to do a solid job as a sister turnover ratio while he was at Loyola, Maryland, one of the best in all of college basketball. But especially with McConnell dealing with a little bit of an injury. I think that you're getting some good value here with Columbia. I made this line Rutgers being a 21-point favorite with the injury and everything that we've seen. I do think that you've got good value here, so I'm going to take 23 and a half 
When it comes to Columbia, set my total at 141 because especially with McConnell being a little bit banged up, I feel like the Rutgers defense going to be a little bit more lax in this spot as well. So I am also going to be taking a look at this total over. And then how about if we hit upon a team that I think is an underdog that should be a favorite? 625, 626 on the board. You got South Dakota State on the road facing off against Akron. The Zips are between a 3.5 and a, a four-point favorite. Total is between 145.5 and, and 146.5. Made South Dakota State the favorite in this spot. I like them outright on the money line. Keep in mind, you're probably not seeing money lines a lot on these games. Typically, they come out in the AM like 4 to 5 a.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 a.m. Eastern time. You're going to be seeing more of these money lines come out. But South Dakota State, they lose quite a few guys from last season, like a Baylor Shireman. But Zeke Mayo, he was able to do a solid job putting in there right around eight points per contest. And then they've got Alex Arians and Charlie Easley. These two guys shot between 49 and 50% from three-point range. They both average right around eight points per contest. South Dakota State is just able to shoot the heck out of the ball. They shot a combined nearly 44% from three-point range last season. There was one other team. That would be the Colgate Raiders. No, not the Toothpaste. That also shot above 40% from three-point range, and that's it. Now, the problem is they go up against an Akron team that they allowed 69 points or fewer in 17 out of their last 18 games last season, but they lose their top scorer in Ali Ali. He's out Butler. He was a good three-point shooter for them. That hurts them a little bit. They lose Isis Bogadanu. That is probably a last name that I completely mispronounced as well, but Bogananu, he was able to give the team right around a block, three and a half rebounds per contest, so that is going to be hurting them quite a bit. Now with Akron, they're going to be really relying upon Xavier Castaneda, 13 and a half points per game score that was able to do a solid job of being able to put the ball in the basket, but for Akron, they are going to be lacking quite a bit from last season for South Dakota State. Even though they're a little bit of a team in transition, I think that this is one of the most underrated coaching jobs in all of college basketball. South Dakota State has earned at least a share of the Summit League title in each of the last five seasons. And for Akron, I think that they're lacking a lot of offensive firepower. I do think that this is going to be a spot in which you're going to see South Dakota State be able to put up some points. I will say for Akron, they were in the bottom 25 in terms of possessions per game. So I do think that the number is getting a little bit too lofty in terms of the total. Set my total at 145, looking under. I think that South Dakota State should be the favorite. I am going to be looking at them on the money line. And one of our favorites on this show is Megan Payton. She does a great job at Wager Talk. We're going to be recapping week nine of the NFL with her next here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. 
draft experts, and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to this segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine pouch products are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for. Zen Nicotine Pouches, though, they might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy one online at zen.com. That is zyn.com. Or find a store that is nearest you. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined now by Megan Payton. Does a great job over at Wager Talk. One of the best at being able to take a look at the great game of football. And Megan, always appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. I love this. My favorite part about Sundays is I know Sunday night I get to join the show, break down some games. We get to, you know, call out the teams that deserve some calling out and we get to talk about some encouraging things we saw. So thank you, as always, for having me on. Well, do you want to start with the good or the bad? I'll give you the option here. Let's start with the good. Let's be positive and then we can get into the negative. Um, I mean, a positive for me was Joe Mixon. Yes. Maybe it's just because I have him on fantasy. What did you think of that, Greg? Well, it's a good thing I'm not playing against him in fantasy, but five touchdowns. Five. And I feel like we maybe overreacted a little bit too much to that loss against the Browns because I do legitimately think that the Browns, despite their record, they're a halfway decent team. But for the Bengals, I thought that it was absolutely massive that they were able to get this win off of a short week nonetheless. That's just big for their morale in general, and they're back above 500. Look, five touchdowns for running back Joe Mixon, a franchise record, a great comeback for the Bengals. You talk about a player who was averaging three yards per carry going into this game. This game, seven yards per carry, 153 rushing yards for Joe Mixon. He was on my fantasy team. He got me 55 points. So I'm sorry to my friend that I was playing, but it's game over. I'm excited for Mixon. You know, and now you look at this Bengals team. They're heading into a bye, a great win against Carolina today. And let's hope they can keep that run game going. They'll be playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh, a very important AFC North uh, divisional game. 
I think that it was the one part of this Bengals offense that was lacking. Get Mixon involved, just like we saw tonight. I think it was a great, great uh, kind of thing we saw from the Bengals offense. Oh, I totally agree with you. I thought that they were my biggest surprise of the night as well. I thought that they did a tremendous job getting Joe Mixon involved. Now we've got to go with the bad. As you know, I'm someone from the great state of Wisconsin, and I tweeted this out, and I mean it when I say it. It was the sloppiest football game I've seen from the Packers in my 29 years on this planet. Three interceptions, all three within the 30-yard line, two within the five-yard line. Megan, can you calm me down a little bit? Because I think that this Packers team is completely toasted. I feel like a complete moron for thinking that this was going to be the bounce back spot. Greg, I can't calm you down because it is a disaster in Green oh. Bay. Finally, we're seeing some acknowledgement, though, from Aaron Rodgers, who admitted in his press conference that he didn't play well. And let's be honest, Rodgers did not look good. He had a 53.5 passer rating, three interceptions. And lost to the Lions 15 to 9. This is a Detroit defense that was allowing over 30 points per game. Rodgers in this Packers offense, nine points. It's trouble in Green Bay. And I got to be honest, I was expecting them to do a little bit better. They were four point favorites coming into this game. And, you know, now we're looking at a Green Bay Packers team that's in a rough situation. It is not looking good for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And, of course, I grew up in Wisconsin. Now I live in Las, lovely Las Vegas. So let's turn our, our attention from one disappointment to another. The Raiders blow another big lead. I mean, it just feels like it's Groundhog's Day with this team. They actually have some ability, in my opinion. Derek Carr has been able to put up some nice numbers this year. Devontae Adams, he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns in the first half, but they made like your buddy at the bar. They couldn't close it late, and just feels like it's that way with this Raiders team. And I feel like... At this point, they made the wrong decision in terms of moving on from Mr. Basaccia and deciding to go with Josh McDaniels, who it feels like he hasn't figured it out again. Greg, that's what the fans are calling for. Raider Nation right now is saying they made the wrong move and head coach Josh McDaniels. And, you know, I'm not uh, Mike Davis. I'm not um, going to be speaking to the coaching staff and what they did there. But I know that Raiders fans have every right to be upset right now. This is the third time this season that they blew a 17 point lead. And Derek Carr, you can get upset with him and say that he's not maybe the most accurate quarterback in this league. But I look at this game and I say, hey, Derek Carr did his job. Devontae Adams, over 100 receiving yards. He looked great out there, especially in the first half. I, I think you listen to these players' press conference, and it tells you a lot about what's going on in Vegas right now. The culture seems to be a bit off. It seems that each of these players are trying to find ways to beat around the bush, not give blame, but also it sounds like there's some problems within that culture. You're 2-6, and six, though, right now. We're talking about an AFC West that was supposed to be the best in the league, and now the Raiders are sitting at 2-6. and six. And you can't get anything going on third down. This, to me, is probably the biggest problem for the Raiders. They're 3-12 and 12 on third down conversions tonight. They were one of four for fourth down conversions. And you're going up against a Jacksonville team, Greg, that was 2-6 and six heading into this game. That's unbelievable. The Raiders cannot keep losing games like this. And to be honest, I'm, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm looking at this game and I'm saying, hey, after last week in New Orleans where we weren't able to put up one single point and then we blow another 17-point lead, it's not looking good for Vegas either. Yeah, it's not looking good for them at all, but it's looking a little bit better for the team that we saw on Sunday Night Football. I recognize that Tennessee was unable to win the game outright, and if Ryan Tannehill is behind center rather than Malik Willis, 
Who knows what is going to be happening there? I think that it's become very apparent that Malik Willis not ready to be the starter for this team quite yet. But that said, the Tennessee Titans, despite the fact that Malik Willis went 5 of 15, got sacked four times, including those two just really bad sacks at the end of the game, they took the Kansas City Chiefs to overtime on the road. If anything, I'm just left saying that I'm very impressed by the Tennessee Titans team, and I really think the defense needs to get a lot more love than it deserves because they've really stepped up this season. The Titans, Greg, are a team that I don't think any of us have talked enough about during this season. Five straight wins for them in a row. Then we start seeing that they're going to be playing the Chiefs. We look at the lines. Chiefs minus 13 and a half. I was a bit surprised by that because you see two five and two teams. We all mostly believe that Kansas City was the stronger team, but 13 and a half, Vegas was off there. I mean, you've got to give credit to Tennessee. The run game was going with Derrick Henry. He had 115 rushing yards. The team as a whole had 172 rushing yards. And this is going up against a Chiefs defense that was third in run rushing yards per game. I give a lot of credit to Tennessee. Uh, you know, Malik Willis. Not ready quite yet. He uh, had a, what is it, a 15.8 passer rating. He was only uh, 80 yards, 5 of 16. So there's going to need to be some work there at the quarterback position. Get Ryan Tannehill healthy. But I think the Titans can feel pretty encouraged going up against one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the Kansas City Chiefs. So well done to the Titans. I know at the end of the day, a loss is a loss. And Mike Vrabel's probably laughing at us saying it doesn't feel good no matter how close it was. Yep, I totally agree. And that's what good coaches do. They always say that there's no moral victories or anything like that. But that said, if you're the Tennessee Titans, you should be pretty feeling pretty good about the performance that they had. And I mean, when I take a look at this performance, I think that it was very startling as well. The New York Jets and the way that they have been able to get pressure on the passer has been one of the best units in all of football. They get it done against the Bills. Right now, I'm starting to reevaluate. I think that the Eagles might actually be a little bit ahead of the the Buffalo Bills at this point, but credit where credit is due. The Jets, they are a little bit of a work in progress at the quarterback spot with Zach Wilson, but they came out there, they ran the ball, they got pressure on Josh Allen, and with Josh Allen being under duress, they really had no way of being able to move the ball. Greg, going into the season, did any of us think that outside of the Bills, there'd be anyone competing in the AFC East? The Jets now at 6-3, and three, the Bills at 6-2. and two. How about the Dolphins? And you can't ever discount head coach Bill Belichick and the Patriots. This AFC East might be the new NFC West or even the AFC West that we thought was going to be, but you've got to give a lot of credit to New York here. It is a happy day for the Jets. Uh, the Bills right now, I think, you know, probably are feeling it. Josh Allen didn't play his best football. Two interceptions for Allen today. Meanwhile, Zach Wilson uh, had that fumble, but was able to, I feel like we saw a shift in Wilson from the first half to the second half. It seemed like he he's able to absorb information, whatever is happening in the locker room. I believe that he's in a good mindset. We're seeing some growth out of Wilson, and I like this Jets team. They're playing tough, and they're without running back Brees Hall, and they're saying it doesn't matter. We're still going to find ways to win. And shout-out to cornerback Sauce Gardner. He right now is my favorite for uh, Rookie of the Year. I really like what we're seeing from this Jets defense. Sauce Gardner has been very saucy in the way that he has been defending guys. It has been absolutely tremendous, and 
to your point about not having Brees Hall, I thought that it was very good that they picked up James Robinson at the trade deadline as well. I think that that's a move that is really going to be paying dividends for the Jets, though it was actually Mr. Michael Carter who was able to have yeah. the big game on the ground on Sunday. And speaking of Sunday, well, we've got all those games in the books, but we've got a good one for Monday as it is going to be the New Orleans Saints and it is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to be looking at that game, trying to make you guys a little bit of money with that uh, with Megan Payton of Wager Talk next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl Plus. Our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guys. Give yourself an edge this season. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe. Get your $99 mid-season special today. And it's at VSIN.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be rejoined by Megan Payton. She does absolutely tremendous work over there at Wager Talk. And Megan, let's head to Monday Night Football. Going to be a great game between the Ravens and the New Orleans Saints. And better than some of the primetime matchups that we have been getting, that's for sure. And we've seen this line drop down a little bit. The Ravens, for much of the week, have been a two-and-a-half point favorite. Now we're seeing this more around a one-and-a-half point line with a total of 46-half. Where do you stand on this game? Just because with the Ravens, I've been impressed by this team. I love Lamar Jackson. Shortage of weapons, though, is a little bit of an issue. And what I think is really glaring in this game, to me, is that both of these defenses, I thought were going to be rock solid coming into these this year. And both defenses have just not been as good as I thought they were going to be. I think that's a good point, Greg. I'm all in on Saints money line for this Monday night football game against the Ravens. Look, New Orleans is really good in Monday night football. They're six and two the last time they've played a Monday night football. The energy in the big easy is unlike anything you've ever seen before. They're loud. They're ready. The fans are all in. And you know the fans are happy right now coming off a shutout against the Raiders last week, 24 to nothing. Greg, the defense hasn't been what we expected it to be, but we saw some bit of hope. I'd say a lot of hope against the Raiders. If you can shut out a team that was putting up over 30 points coming into that week, it's a little bit encouraging. So I like where the Saints stand right now, especially when you look at the Ravens and what's happening for them on the injury side of things. No tight end Mark Andrews. No wide receiver Rashad Bateman for the year. That's a huge loss for Baltimore. And now we're hearing that running back Gus Edwards is doubtful. Now you're not going to have your top tight end, your top wide receiver, and your top running back. That's a problem for Baltimore. And now the injuries aren't so much better for New Orleans. They're going to be without running back Mark Ingram. We're not sure about wide receiver Jarvis Landry. He's questionable. We're filming this on Sunday. And then we found out this week that wide receiver Mike Thomas most likely going to miss the remainder of the season. We know Mike Thomas has been a huge receiver for New Orleans. He's a great key to this offense. Unfortunately, he's not healthy. This is a huge loss for New Orleans, but guess what? They do have a star in running back Alvin Kamara, and I don't think we can just call him running back Alvin Kamara. We know how much he does in the receiving game, so I have a prop bet for you this week. Right. I'm going to take wide re- or running back Alvin Kamara over 36 and a half receiving yards. Kamara's been great as an offensive weapon, whether it's on the ground, whether it's through the passing game. 
He had 96 receiving yards last week against the Raiders, Greg. And guess what? He's going up against a Ravens team that cannot do anything against the pass. They're 26th in passing defense. They're giving up a ton of passing yards. I like Kamara to be really heavily involved in the passing game, where if they can't figure out a way to get things going on the ground, because the Ravens have added some good defensive weapons with Roquan Smith, the most recent weapon for this Ravens defense. I like Kamara to be more of a receiver in this Week 10 Monday Night Football matchup. And I've got a running back prop for you as well. I am seeing Kenyon Drake at 44.5 rushing yards. I like that over. Drake has been averaging a little bit over five yards per carry. I recognize that he hasn't been getting as many of the bell cow touches, but that said, he's gotten at least seven carries in each of the last three weeks. Now he's going to be the man because you've got all sorts of injuries when it comes to this ground game of the Ravens. It looks like Gus Johnson is going to be out of the fold. As we know, you're not going to be seeing J.K. Dobbins for quite a while. I like Kenyon Drake to be able to get north of 50 rushing yards. Getting 44 and a half, I feel like is a good number. I love that. That's that's a great, great prop bet. Kenyon Drake has been a fun player to watch. Honestly, I've wanted to see more of him. And, you know, when there are injuries in the NFL, which are likely to happen, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards in the run game, you have to have a good third back. And they, the Ravens have done a great job acquiring Kenyon Drake to be that player that can help out. And honestly, when we see some of these players out, we've seen J.K. Dobbins out and Gus Edwards out, and Kenyon Drake steps up to the plate. I like the running backs to have a big game. It might be the backs that you're not used to seeing always for the Ravens, but Kenyon Drake has been someone I've been really impressed with. I agree with you. And do you have any sort of thought on the total? Because I go back and forth on this personally at 46 and a half because I mentioned it, both of these defenses have been a little bit underwhelming, but with the Ravens' lack of weapons and along with that, with them being able to add players like Roquan Smith to that defense, I think this might be a little bit of a sneaky under, and we have seen the total fall a little bit. You might be right on that, Greg. It's a game that you would expect the over to hit. High-powered offenses, struggling defense is what we typically think, I'd say, of the Saints or maybe the Ravens just coming into this matchup. But uh, the Saints defense showed up last week. They showed up real great against that Raiders team. And I'd say the Ravens, you don't know what you're going to get out of them, but going up against a New Orleans offense that's struggling to get healthy, Andy Dalton, we're still learning about him more as a quarterback and how he fits with this New Orleans offense. I like the under here. That's a, that's a good play. I like that as well. And we always love to take a look at Monday Night Football, but let's turn it forward and look for some value on week on the Week 10 board. And I feel like we're both in lockstep in this one. A lot of these games that we've been seeing a touchdown plus spread on, they've been a little bit too far. We've seen the underdogs do well, and I feel like this is just a little bit of disrespect for the Minnesota Vikings. Are they as good as their 7-1 record? I don't think so, but... I don't think that they should be getting north of a touchdown against Buffalo Bills. In most spots, I'm seeing them as a 7.5-point underdog. I'm seeing a straight 8.5 out there as well with the Bills. I feel like they got a little bit exposed in that when they're unable to really get things going through the air, they really can't rely upon Devin Singletary and company. I do think that Naheem Hines, him being able to have a full week with the playbook is going to be able to help them out a little bit. But I take a look at this Vikings team. Defense has been rock solid. You've had Dalvin Cook move the ball very well. Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I feel like north of a touchdown, just disrespect for a Vikings team that they're 7-1 right now, and I feel like a lot of people are forgetting about that. Yeah, I love Vikings plus 7.5. This is a grab-it-while-you-can bet because this line is going to shift. We've seen these hit numerous of times the last few weeks. Just recently on Sunday Night Football, what happened? Titans-Chiefs. 
13 and a half point favorites, Kansas City, where they won by three. Now, look, we're not going to overreact to the Bills here losing today to the Jets. The Bills are a better team than the Vikings. Statistically speaking, you're seeing more out of Josh Allen than you are out of Kirk Cousins. You're seeing more out of a uh, wide receiver. I, you know what? Maybe not. You're seeing actually pretty much equal in Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. But statistically, offensively, the Bills are better than the Vikings. Yet the Vikings should not be seven and a half point underdogs. I like this here. We're seeing how much these are hitting. And as we said, the Philly game, how about that on Thursday night? That one also hit for the underdog. I like Vikings plus seven and a half, but this is going to shift. So I'd get on this while you can. Yep, I totally agree. I do think that we probably are not going to be seeing this at seven and a half when it's all said and done. And I don't think we're going to see seven on this as well. We are going to go to Chargers versus the 49ers here. 49ers on the look at line. They were a more of a team like four and a half to a five point favorite. And now we're seeing this up to a seven with the Chargers. They are banged up. And I do think that you want to be checking in on the status of those wide receivers. But with the 49ers, I feel like they're a team that they're just really rock solid. They win a bunch of games, but they don't necessarily win them pretty. And with the Chargers, I think that there's still a lot of talent. I like Justin Herbert getting a touchdown here with the Chargers. It feels good to me, but I think you might be opposite of myself on this one, which I always love to see as well. Greg, I'm a little bit weary on the Chargers right now. I watched that Falcons game, and to be honest, I had Falcons money line, so maybe I'm just a little bit bitter about how that game went. But to me, the Falcons could have easily won that game today against the Chargers. So I look at an L.A. team going against a solid 49ers team. Now with their new addition of running back uh, Christian McCaffrey, this Niner team is only getting better and better. They're solid on defense. They're getting healthier. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's getting all the weapons for this 49ers offense, I think that this is going to be more of a blowout than we think. I'm not sold on the Chargers yet, so I'll buy all my stock in San Fran. I like what we're seeing out of this Niners team. Yep, the 49ers have been able to do a solid job, and then I'll get you out on one more. The Titans we were talking about a little bit earlier, they're a two-point favorite against Denver. I don't know about you, but this feels like a game that should be north of a field goal. This Broncos team has not been able to get it going under Russell Wilson, and I love the way that Derrick King Henry is running the ball. I love this Titans defense. I'm very willing to lay the two that I'm seeing right now. That's unbelievable. Two-point yeah. favorite against the Broncos? They almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs. What's happening? We're seeing a two-point favorite? All right, now's the time, I guess, to get on that because that, that's absolutely surprising, this Titans team. If you weren't believers before Sunday Night Football tonight, you better be believers now because they almost took Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City out in home field. I like Titans here by a lot more than two points against the Denver Broncos. I think there will be a lot of people outside with us on that one, Megan. I just took a look at that. I'm like, what the heck? That doesn't yeah. seem right. But what is always terrific not. and what is always right is getting you on the show. Megan, you provide absolutely tremendous insights. Always appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. So much fun spending Sunday night here. Uh, let's have a great week of betting. Hey, and you mentioned it. College basketball is back, so something fun for everyone to get into. Hey, there's a perfect tease for us as we're going to be wrapping up the show next. I'm going to recap some of the plays I've got for Monday Night Football and then going to try to give you guys some picks for this big college basketball Monday here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network, as we wrap up the Greg Peterson Experience next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Fall sports are in full swing at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a hockey, basketball, baseball, or football fan, BetRivers has you covered as you're able to join every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey for School Score Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet Plus Get, Sunday Night Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today as it is a whole new game. This is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and... You've got one final segment left. I'll try to give you guys some college basketball picks here, as many as possible. And anything that I did not cover on this show, you've got my college basketball podcast, Coast Coast Hoops. I literally break down every single game, every single day before I was jumping on this show. I broke down all 126. That's going to upload midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. Search Coast Coast Hoops wherever you get your podcast. Beeson.com slash podcast. My Twitter feed at GUnit underscore 81. That is GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. Got you guys covered with all of it there. And Megan Payton had us covered with regards to Monday Night Football and what we all saw in the NFL last two segments. Big thanks to her. Does a great job covering the NFL over there at Wager Talk. And for anyone that missed what I do like in Monday Night Football, we broke it down with her. I want to save as much time as possible for college basketball picks. But that said, 
looking at Kenyon Drake myself, over 44.5 rushing yards. I like the under of 46.5, and I'm going to be laying a point and a half with the Baltimore Ravens. As a matter of fact, in the Circa Millions contest, I was willing to lay actually 2.5 with the Baltimore Ravens, so I do think that that is going to be solid. And if you're looking for a little bit of a player prop as well, Devin DuVernay, over 3.5 receptions for the Ravens. Someone has to get the ball, so... I do like Devin DuVernay to be able to go over his receptions prop as well at three and a half, which I'm seeing a little bit juicy, but I do think that you should be able to get the job done there. Now let's take a look at some college basketball for this Monday as I know that someone tweeted in at me that their favorite play of the game is Oregon State versus Tulsa, and they want a little bit of a breakdown here, so give you what you want at GNR and score you one throughout the college basketball season. If there's ever a game that you want me to break down on the show, you just let me know and I've got you covered. So we're going to the bottom of the board, 743-744, Tulsa. The road team is between a 1.5 to a 2-point underdog against Oregon State. Toronto's game is between 141.5 and 142. I side with you as the gentleman that tweeted this in said that he liked Oregon State at minus one. We're seeing a little bit of a rise in line, but I'm willing to lay up to three and a half with Oregon State. I really think that these are two teams that on a neutral court, they're equal. Tulsa, they're going through a coaching change as Eric Kunkel now takes over the reins for this team and they lost Mr. Drew at all in Jirai Horn. Horn last season gave the team 15 points per contest. He was able to really stroke it from three-point range. He was absolutely tremendous and it's just a little bit of a gutted team in general now. With Oregon State, oh boy, it's going to be a rough year for them. They might win zero games in the Pac-12 Conference. That said, they are going to be at home in this spot. Corvallis is a tough place to travel to. And for Tulsa, they're in all sorts of transition. Sam Griffin, he was able to put in their 14 to 15 points per contest last season. Okay, three-point shooter. But Pat said, you don't really have a lot. And Dimitri Rooney, I think, is going to have a solid year for this Oregon State team. He was relegated to the bench last season at San Francisco. Prior to that, nine and a half points, five and a half boards contest. Now, it's a backcourt that is a little bit gutted as Christian Wright was supposed to be the starting guard for this Oregon State team. He is now injured. He is out for the year. So, Dexter Akano, he is going to need to step up for Oregon State. I think that's going to be a grody game. I think that Eric Conkle is going to be playing a little bit of a defense-oriented style and both of these offenses are going to be pretty anemic this season. So, I did set my total at a 133. I'm diving under, but with Oregon State, the home court advantage, all the travel that Tulsa is going to have to deal with, I think it's going to wear on them. Set Oregon State as a three and a half point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to rock with them. How about if we go with a game that has a rather hefty number, 685, 686 on the board? It is Houston, and Houston, they're going to be playing us in Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado, one of the bigger underdogs that you're going to be finding on the board between 23 and a half and 24 point underdogs. Aaron Tolan's game, saying between 143 and 144. Now, I would need to be getting at least the 24 that we're seeing right now to take the points with Northern Colorado, but at a 24, I'm in on Northern Colorado. Dalen Kuntz is back after he averaged over 21 points per contest, shot it well from three-point range, and his main running mate in Matt Johnson. He is back after he was able to shoot over 40% from three-point range, 11.5 points per contest. Now, for Houston, this team is going to be very fearsome in terms of the backcourt. Marcus Sasser and Trayvon Mark, a pair of guys that got injured at Christmas last season. They're back in the fold, especially Sasser, a preseason All-American guy that was able to put in their 17.5 points per contest when he was actually out there on the court last season. And they bring back Jawan Robert. Robert was able to give them five rebounds per game, but they're going to need to replace a lot of the contributions that they got last season from someone like a Josh Carlton, who was a very good rebounder for this team. It's a little bit of a new-look frontcourt for Houston, though. Houston always just does a great job of being able to eat up the glass. They do a great job in terms of rebounding as they are a team that year in and year out. They rank at the top 15 in terms of rebounds per game, and this is really going to be strength on strength. 
Northern Colorado, one of the best three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball last season. Houston, in the last three seasons, they have ranked in the top 15 in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage, something that is a very hard to duplicate. I do think that there is going to be a little bit of a learning curve with the team not having Kyler Edwards, a very good on-ball defender for this team, though. I do like that they brought in some very good freshmen, and the biggest of which, Jairus Walker. He's a top 15 freshman. He's six foot eight. He's going to be able to do a tremendous job down low. Very versatile piece. But that said, I do think that Reggie Chaney having to play more minutes does lead to this team being in a little bit of transition. Now, Houston, one of the best cover teams in all of college basketball that we've seen the last few seasons. But I'm going to be willing to take the points here with Northern Colorado at 24 plus. And I do think that Northern Colorado is going to be able to put the ball in the basket. And Houston, though they're a defense oriented team, they stroke it from three-point range. Semi-total at 148, going to be looking at the over as well. If you missed my DK Nation pick from earlier in the hour, you're going to be able to see my write-up in the AM. But that said, we've got Ohio versus Belmont for this one. Belmont is a five-point favorite at home with a total between 144 and 145. My DK Nation pick, that is on Ohio. I set them as a two and a half point favorite, and that is going to lead into the pro tip on this one as well. Beeson.com slash subscribe. For all of these, we give one out one per hour and every single show. And with this, it brings it up because I actually like Ohio to be able to win this game outright. I like them on the money line. I have not bet the money line yet because money lines in college basketball, they do not come out in the AM. Typically, this is going to vary from book to book and it's going to vary from location to location. But 7 to 8 a.m. Eastern time, 8 is a little bit more of a conservative figure, but you're not going to find money lines up in college basketball until then, but that said, I think that Ohio should be able to win this game outright. They ranked 210th in the country in terms of rebound rate last season, but they bring in Louisville transfer Gabe Woodsnitzer. He's six foot eleven. He should be able to clog things up down low. And on top of that, they have a guy that's a little bit out of sight, out of mind. That was very big for them. Dwight Wilson the third during their NCAA tournament run in 2021. He was able to register 14 and a half points, seven half boards, and I was at James Madison. His final year on campus for the Dukes. He was eighth in the country in terms of rebounds on a per-minute basis, and they're going up against a Belmont team that they do lose five other top seven scores from last season. Now, they do return their main score from a season ago, a guy that was able to shoot right around 37% from three-point range. So you know that you're going to be able to get quite a bit of production out there in the backcourt, but that said, Belmont, they're looking at someone like Keisha Davidson, who comes in from Tennessee Tech. He was able to be solid at Tennessee Tech, but they're going to need him to team up with that top scorer in Ben Shepard to be able to help things out. And then for Ohio, they bring Jalen Hunter, who last season when he was at Old Dominion was able to put up four assists, nine and a half points per contest. And then you also bring in someone that in Devin Baker, who a few seasons ago, he was at Tulane, didn't put up big numbers there, but in his three seasons at UNC Asheville, 15.9 points, one and a half seals per contest. I do like Ohio to be able to win this game outright. DK Nation write-up, it's going to show the spread just because I have to publish it when I'm not going to be seeing a money line available, so it's going to be published as plus five. I like the team on the money line, though. Somebody told a 146 have one of the most efficient offenses all of college basketball is Belmont year in and year out, so I'm going to be taking a look at this little over as well, and then Let's take a look at Missouri versus Southern Indiana. This is 691-692 on the board. Missouri is finding themselves as a 19 to a 20-point favorite, and your total on this game is anywhere between 140 and a half and 141. And for Missouri, Dennis Gates takes over for the team, and I think that he's going to be able to do absolutely amazing work. He got the top two junior college transfers 
according to JucoRecruiting.com, including one I really like in Sean East. He's a starting point guard at UMass. He's a starting point guard at Bradley. He's able to give you four plus assists per contest. He's able to shoot it well from three-point range. He is going to be terrific. And Isaiah Mosley, he comes in from within the state. He was playing at Missouri State. 20 points, six boards, 40% three-point shooter. And for Southern Indiana, this is going to be their first game at the D1 level. They brought in a few guys, most notably a few big men from Indiana State. But that said, I do think that it's going to be a rough run of it for our good friend Southern Indiana in game number one at the D1 level. Dennis Gates, one of the most underrated coaches, in my opinion, in all of college basketball. He brings with him quite a few of his guys, like a like a few guys from Cleveland State and Trago Million to be able to help make the transition a little bit more smooth along to Moy Hodge. So I like Missouri to be able to cover this summer. I set them more around about a 23 to a 24-point favorite. So going to be taking a look there to be able to wrap things up right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I also do like that total under as well. But that said, what else I love is Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. They do a tremendous job with Follow the Money. You're going to be catching them at 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern, wrapping up what was in an insane Sunday of NFL action right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Don't start betting the NBA this season without the VEASAN NBA betting guide. Our experts provide profiles and season win total projections for all 30 NBA teams. They also give their best bets for the NBA awards markets to help you find value across, to help you find value across, to help you find value across, to help you find... It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.